What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Fanboys Anonymous Review Point podcast. I am your host as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Just got done watching that movie. It's the 2019 release, not to be confused with any of the other movies that have the same similar titles and everything like that, because there's been God knows how many Godzilla movies, and that's actually the very, very first thing that I need to say here is it's a Godzilla movie, so you should know what you're getting into when it comes to this, and I'm going to apply that to the entire review that we're doing this. But if you don't know how the review point works, it's pretty simple. I do my best to kind of break down the movie and give you what I think were the hits and the misses, the good things, the bad things, and everything else in between. And I do so in two different parts. The first thing is a spoiler-free version of it, and then I will give you a warning, and then we will get into the spoilers. But really, for the most part, you kind of know what you're going to be getting for this type of movie, even in the terms of spoilers. So that's another thing, too. Um, But... Let's get started as it is in the spoiler-free section. Uh, What did I think? Well, uh, Godzilla is the type of movie that I was a big fan of when I was a kid. I watched a lot of the older ones. I watched uh, Mechagodzilla, the Smog Monster, you know, various different ones like that. It was just kind of one of those things that every once in a while I'd go to the, you know, Blockbuster or whatever and look around, try to find a movie, and stumble across the idea of a Godzilla movie and just kind of pop that in and watch that. And even as a kid, knowing that the whole procedure of having a guy in the suit and the complete lack of CGI, because there wasn't CGI back in like the 60s and stuff, and that, you know, that was old for me as a kid because I grew up in the 90s. So to me, the 60s were, you know, that's a big generation gap. But It still looked cheesy, it still looked stupid, and I still loved it to varying degrees. These movies are the type of things where if you go into it thinking that you're going to watch a lot of monster action, then you are a little bit disappointed because that's not really necessarily the case. But at the same time, if you're a little kid and you are playing with your action figures or something and you're waiting until the Godzilla part comes on, then, you know, it's being great because you get... 25 minutes or whatever of Godzilla stuff, and the rest of the time it's just playing on in the background and everything. And I think that the 2014 Godzilla tried to be a mixture of that and Jaws, and they didn't quite pull that off. I didn't hate the movie or anything like that. I think that they did a pretty decent job with what they were given and what they were working with and everything like that. But at the same time, I can see where all the criticism was for the lack of Godzilla and just the kind of generic nature of the whole thing. So this one around, they had said that they were going to have more of the monsters and that they were going to tighten things up and they were going to make it a little bit better and everything like that. And I think that they pulled it off. I mean, this is not the type of movie that's going to get any Oscars other than visual effects, but the acting is awful. Uh, Not everybody's awful in it. I shouldn't kind of do like that grandiose of a general statement, but Generally speaking, I mean, these are not the most complex characters. Everybody's delivering very generic lines, and they're doing so kind of over the top a little bit in certain regards. So you're not getting quality acting out of it, despite having very many quality actors. I mean, if you go down this list, there's a lot of great actors in this, but it's mostly just spectacle. And if you are going into the movie wanting spectacle, you're going to enjoy it. I would recommend seeing this in 3D. That's where I saw it. I personally do not like 3D movies all that much. I feel like 
the only benefit to 3D is that you get to see what they were kind of hoping was like the bigger action set pieces make are a little bit better, but especially a movie that doesn't need to be 3D, I say don't do 3D. This one, I would say go for the 3D. It's, you know, an extra buck more or something like that, depending on the scenario. And if you have like AMC A-list or something, then it's free because, you know, I mean, you use your free per week kind of thing on that and you don't have to pay the difference. But um, I want to break down this movie in more uh, in-depth kind of nature when it comes to the characters. So I'm going to keep things general for this. Uh, Music-wise, pretty stupid uh, music kind of popping up here and there. It's maybe the type of thing that you would love, you know, kind of harkening back to the older days for certain things. I thought it was a little bit silly. So I would say that the music's mostly a miss because it's either standing out as something that's a little bit kind of hokey or it's just blending in so much that I didn't pay any attention to it. So there's no real like, man, I got to download that soundtrack or something like that. I mentioned the action and the special effects. They are a massive hit. The special effects are gorgeous. I really hope that it gets at the very least nominated for the best visual effects uh, Oscar. But at this point, I'd be cool if it won. You know, I think that it should beat out Endgame and several of the other movies that I had seen this year. I don't think that any of them really match up. So this one definitely gets my seal of approval when it comes to that. And the action itself, I mean, you get to see Godzilla do Godzilla things. It's like, it's cool. You know, that's basically what that is. Uh, the plot itself, it's pretty generic stuff. And I hate, uh, you know what? I, I can't say that quite yet. I'll do that in the spoiler section. But uh, they go into some tropes that I feel way too many movies have been doing lately. And uh, I wasn't the only one who kind of started to groan at a certain scene where it's just like, oh, we're going to do this again. But uh, I got to get into the characters to start doing that. So that is your spoiler-free version of this. Uh, it's a very g- generic kind of Godzilla-type movie. It's better than... Probably all the other ones. I think that this is probably the best Godzilla movie. But with that being said, it's still a Godzilla movie. So it's not going to be the type of thing that you're getting like gripping tension with uh, complex characters. And you're getting this really great social commentary that's going to be subtle enough that you can really it can really speak to you. You're, you're getting hit over the head with things. And then it becomes a, you know, a monster mash and everything. So if you go into the movie thinking that that's what you want to see, you're going to get what you're going to want. And if you go into it expecting it to be a bigger process and something more grandiose than that, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But now that we talked about the spoiler-free section, let's get into the spoilers. So again, warning, if you have not seen the movie and you don't want to know what happens to certain characters and certain things like that, then by all means, this is the part where you have to skip ahead or come back and check it out later. But if you don't care, continue on. So... Character-wise, we got a family of Mark, Emma, and Madison. They are uh, Kyle Chandler is Mark, Vera Farmiga is Emma, and Millie Bobby Brown is Madison. I love saying that. Hey, Millie Bobby Brown. It's always like a almost like a tongue twister, but not really. Uh, they are the central core of the movie, and they are a couple that lost their son. Well, Millie Bobby Brown lost her brother in the mix of the whole first Godzilla movie, so that gives you a little bit of perspective as far as like. All this damage that happens, people do die in it, and it sucks. It's not just kind of like, woo, Godzilla just kicks some ass and everything's back to normal. No, I mean, the 
towns are destroyed. Like the world is fucked when it comes to these things. So the idea that they were doing that kind of a family thing and that that led to a split where the couple got a divorce or became separated or whatever the case may be. Interesting way to go. And I didn't dislike that, but I did dislike the way that Emma's character kind of went down because this is the one that I was talking about where we had to do the typical thing of humans are the virus. And I don't know why that is specifically the phrase that people tend to use all the time on this. Kind of seems like maybe they've seen five of those movies and they think that's like the one phrase you have to say, but it's tiresome. It's the same phrase over and over again. Humans are the virus and nature needs to restore itself. So we need to wipe out the human race and that way the earth can survive. It's the same argument every single time. And it used to be a really great plot and it just isn't anymore because it's like everybody's doing it. I mean, including even Thanos in the Avengers movies. It's like, well, there's too many people and, you know, we should wipe out half the sentience in the world because half the life is just causing problems. And it's the same thing every time. So when we started to go down that rabbit hole, it's just like, okay, all right, well, this character needs to die. And thankfully she does. And when she does die, I didn't care as much as I did for one of the other characters, which is Serizawa. Now, that's Ken Watanabe's character from the first movie, and he is easily the best part because he is the only one that really kind of plays it up to being in the type of movie that he's in. And he's very, very serious, but it makes it funny. And I just, I liked Ken Watanabe, and I really hated to see him die, but at the same time, I liked the fact that they killed him off in a nod to the original movie. Now, if you have not seen the original Godzilla, there's a whole thing where the one character, the main character, he sets off, I forget if it's technically a nuclear bomb. I think that it's the oxygen bomb thing. I think that that's how they did that. Again, we're talking about movies that I had seen when I was a little kid, and we're going back way far in time for me to not remember 100%, but I know that the character sets off a bomb. He's the one who sacrifices himself, and that quote-unquote kills Godzilla. Of course, it doesn't really kill Godzilla, but you know what I mean? It's franchise. You can't kill off the characters. And they did the whole oxygen bomb thing, as kind of a fake out, but then they did the opposite. They made it to where he sets off a nuclear bomb in the city of Atlantis, which is like, <laughs> I like how they did that. At the same time, I didn't like it because uh, it was kind of like, ah, oh, they're bringing Atlantis into this. And then it was like, you know what? I would do the same. So I can't even groan about like the silliness of the whole thing. It's like, that's exactly what these type of movies are. And that's awesome. So that's a big hit for me. I love that they did the Atlantis thing. That's very cool, actually. But they do this whole thing where that's where Godzilla is recharging himself. And just to give him an extra little boost, it's kind of like a shot of adrenaline or a little steroid shot or whatever. He sets off a nuclear bomb and that gives him this tender moment of goodbye old friend and all this other kind of stuff and whatever. And I really, really like that. That was my favorite out of the deaths uh, because it was something that was useful and it meant something. Now, I don't feel the same as far as Dr. Graham. Uh, Vivian Graham was played by Saul Sally Hawkins, and I honestly did not remember that she was in the first movie. So when they killed her off in this, I was like, wow, they brought her on just to kind of kill her off that quick? Like, what the hell? And then now that I looked up that she was in the first movie, I'm thinking even more so, they just killed her off really quick. What the hell? Very strange. Um, it's almost like her character sh shouldn't have existed. Like, they should have just given those lines to somebody else, you know? Because she didn't really serve too much of a purpose and she was really just an extra person to get killed and kind of make it seem like this point of the movie is something bad is happening and whatever. So unfortunately, and it's no fault of Sally Hawkins, but that character, kind of a dead zone when it came to that. 
I feel really strange about um, Dr. Chen and Dr. Ling. These were played by Zhang Zi, and she is, I guess, supposed to be a reference to the fact that Mothra has the whole twins thing. But why are they not twins? It's very strange, and I don't quite understand where they were going with that. So if you have any ideas where they were going, drop a comment below. And while you're doing that, hit that subscribe button and ring that little bell for the notifications on YouTube. If you're on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or Spotify or anything else that's audio only, go to fanboysanonymous.com and leave a comment there because I really want to know what you think about this. I want to know if you think it was just a nod that didn't come out all that well or if I missed something, like, are they actually twins where one of them got married and that's why they're Chen or Ling or what's the deal with that? I don't know. That's very, very strange to me, but, um, she does her part fine. That's kind of where I mean, like the Sally Hawkins and, uh, Zhang Zi, it's almost like they serve the same part. So why have the extra character in there? I don't know. It's just a little nitpick thing. Um, some other people that are like big names are in this. CCH Pounder is in this. It's just like a senator, and uh, you know those people are fine for their little parts. They're just in like one scene. They wrapped in one day, I'm sure. One of them being, uh, they've got the guy who's and there was like Verizon commercials. Thomas Middleditch, who was Sam Coleman in this movie, and he's kind of playing essentially a slightly. Uh, upgraded version of that dude in those commercials. So if you like them, then, you know, hey, he's a thumbs up. He's a hit for that kind of part. Charles Dance plays Jonah Allen, or I thought it was Allen Jonah throughout the movie because I just read things backward, but he is generic villain, and you get the feeling that he is a villain. So, hey, that's good enough, and now we're going to continue to have him going on in the future with, I'm assuming, like, Mecha Ghidorah or something. So we'll see about that. That's a little tease at the end that they still have one of the heads and he's going to do something with it. So he's either going to revive it and that's going to be the way that Kong and uh, Godzilla, they get together and they fight that or it's going to be the Mecha Ghidorah or whatever. I don't know. Uh, who else we have? We have the military crew, which were Colonel Diane Foster, played by Aisha Hines, and Chief Warrant Officer Barnes, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Liked both of them. They both did their parts perfectly well as far as being typical Marine-type characters. And I bought into it that they were, you know, in command and that they were people who were trained to do what they were supposed to do. So no complaints when it comes to that. They were perfectly fine for me. Uh, Bradley Whitford is in this. And Bradley Whitford, as long as he's being Bradley Whitford, he's doing a great job. So <laughs> Dr. Stanton, he's a hit as well. And... As far as characters go, that group of people, for the most part, I like them. And I'm a little bit down on uh, Mark as well. I mean, I said that Emma and Madison, like, I don't really want to see them all return and all that. But Mark seems like he's going to recur uh, return. And maybe Madison will as well if they can do another movie where they can kind of make them take the place of Sarazawa and Mark, Madison, uh, Dr. Chen, Dr. Ling. Dr. Stanton and um, the military crew and Sam Coleman. It seems like that's going to be the group of people that are actually going to continue this going forward now that we don't have Sarazawa, which is, you know, uh, that's a shame. But you're not here for the other characters. You're here for the monsters, right? And we've got 17 monsters in this, I think, that they had said, but it's mostly four of them. It's Godzilla, Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra. And... 
another thing that I want to mention is if you know these other characters, there's like a spider looking one. There's one that looks kind of like a woolly mammoth a little bit. If you know what they are, drop them in the comments as well. I was looking for like Gamera and other ones that I wasn't super duper familiar with, but at the same time, I might be able to recognize them. And I couldn't quite tell because just, you know, they're not hitting you over the head with the idea of like, hey, that one's the smog monster, you know, whatever that is. So that's hard for me to kind of tell. And maybe some of them weren't actually those type of people. People, they're not people, they're monsters. Those titans and stuff are maybe just brand new and everything. But hey, if you know, drop a comment below. Godzilla in this movie is full-blown superhero Godzilla. And I think that Godzilla works pretty well when it comes to just being like the hero of the bunch and all that. So I liked their characterization of that. I liked that Godzilla was still good. And that they didn't try to do anything where it was like he turned out that he was bad and then he had to get one over again or anything like that. Because Godzilla, if he's playing the part of like the peacekeeper and the king of all things, the alpha of everybody, he should just be showing up when he needs to show up and, you know, kind of cracking some skulls and stuff like that. Uh, Rodan, a little underwhelming. I don't really know the personality of Rodan all that much and... From what I gather out of this movie, maybe I'm wrong about this, but Rodan seems, I guess, a little bit like Starscream from the Transformers, where mostly a bad guy, but at the same time can possibly be a good guy, depending on the scenario. And I'm really surprised that Rodan was just pretty much 100% bad in this. So I was expecting at one point that that would be turning around, and it didn't. So, hey, you know, whatever. But Rodan looked pretty cool, you know, popping out of a volcano and, you know, fucking shit up. It's like, hey, why not? That's pretty cool. Mothra, beautiful looking uh, visual effects when it came to that. Like the lighting for that just alone. Imagine being in the presence of that. It's like going to like the, was it Fantasmic? I think it is in Disney. But like to, you know, magnified levels of complete horror and destruction and everything like that. I like that Mothra seemed like she had a little bit more personality and that she was kind of like a, a den mother a little bit in certain regards. So I like Mothra. I didn't like that Mothra had to go away, but maybe Mothra will get reborn again or something like that. King Ghidorah, uh, the big bad, you know, the one that's uh, the boss, the one that's looking like the end of all things. And I really liked how they did the whole idea that that inspired the Hydra, that that's kind of like the devil in a lot of ways. They alluded to different scenarios where it's an alien force and invasions uh, evading species i like that they called it monster zero so they did that reference which that's great i really liked how they did that and king Ghidorah looked like a beast in this i mean he's completely got the electrical powers and everything and i like the personification of the three heads where it seemed like the one in the middle was the one that was controlling everything and the other two were kind of just like wild uh wolves or something like that or like uh i don't know like what type of maybe like the centerpiece is like the lion that's actually in control and the other ones are just kind of like hyenas i don't know what you would classify it as but i'm sure that they they looked into some kind of animals and kind of based it off of that uh yeah i mean the the four monsters in this you get what you are hoping for so they are all hits as far as i'm concerned and then we get teases at the end that we're going to get the King Kong versus Godzilla fight. I have no idea how they're going to do that. And I don't know how they're going to plot out the whole why would they be fighting and who's the good one, who's the bad one, and all the other kind of things that go along with that. But I'll see it, you know? 
I mean, I watched King Kong uh, Skull Island, and I watched the Godzilla one, so I'll watch this one too, because I think that this was actually the best out of the bunch. And if you are on the fence about it, and my telling you this is still something that you're not 100% sure about, I say go watch it, you know, give it a shot. It's not the biggest hit that I would put out there as far as, like, you know that you're going to love the movie for sure, but again, and I can't stress it enough because that's really how it boils down to, it's a Godzilla movie. You go into it expecting some dumb Godzilla stuff, and if that's what you're looking for, you're going to get what you are hoping for. So I say thumbs up on the movie. The visual effects alone and the fights are completely worth it. And the characters themselves, they kind of let things down, but at the same time, you're not watching it for that. So I want to know what you have to think about the movie. Drop your comments below. Tell me what you think your hits and misses are for the film and everything else that you want to talk about. If you want to show your support for Fanboys Anonymous, hit up that Patreon that we've got and consider buying some merch over at Tee Public and Redbubble. If you want to check out the Smart Out Moment side of things, I've got pro wrestling content up on there. So follow the YouTube channel and do all the other kind of stuff like that. And while you're out there following things, follow Fanboys Anonymous on Facebook and Twitter and myself and A Mango Tree and everything else that I've got going on there. All you got to do is start clicking around and you'll find everything. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it that I got to talk about. So thank you for listening to this, everybody. Hit that like button if you're on YouTube. If you're on another platform, give me a review and tell me what you think. And I will see you next time. But for now, I got to geek out. Yeah.